This is a Cross and Crown Church production. For other resources, please visit crosscrownchurch.com. Book title, The Kingdom Driven Life. Author, Sunday at Elijah. Published by Cornerstone Publishing. Copyright 2015. Narrated by Jason Garwood. Chapter 1. The Purpose of the Kingdom. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17, 20-21 What was the original plan, the heartbeat, of God in his work of creation? What purpose did he create mankind? It is clear from the scriptures that God did not create the earth because of a momentary whim or to demonstrate his great power and creative ability. He did not bring the universe into being because he was bored or for lack of something better to do. God has revealed himself throughout the scriptures as a God of purpose, with eternal significance to everything he does. The prophet Isaiah declares this purposefulness of God. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed, and who shall disannul it? Isaiah 14, verses 24 and 27. And the Apostle Paul referred to God's strength of purpose when he declared, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 9 and verses 11 and 12. It is clear that God created the earth for a specific divine purpose. He had an agenda, a specific assignment for the earth and for mankind to fulfill. His purpose as a creator was based in a profound need resident within the Godhead. In spite of the theological argument that God is self-sufficient and has need of nothing, the astute Bible student will discover that God does have a need, one that only mankind can fulfill. The late Fuchsia Pickett, beloved Bible teacher and theologian, describes this need of God's heart that resulted in his creating mankind. Let's allow our imaginations to take us back into the eons of eternity, to the beginning, to listen to the triune Godhead as they expressed a deep desire among themselves. Because of who God is, he had a need. Though our theological understanding of God's self-existence, which pictures God as having need of nothing, often prevails in our thinking, all scripture testifies to the contrary, showing us that God had a need. God is love, 1 John 4. Love is not merely an attribute of God's character, but the essence of his being. The nature of love requires a recipient, one who will respond by choice to the love given. Because God is love, he needed someone to respond to his love. Because of that longing, they said among themselves, Let us make man in our image. Genesis 1.26 God expressed his need and his desire for a family, one into whom he could pour his very nature. God created the earth for a specific divine purpose. God is love, and because of the insatiable desire of divine love, he had a need. 
God needed creatures into whom he could pour his love nature, who would be able to reciprocate his love. So God took a fragment of heaven, the kingdom of God, with the heavenly realities found in the presence of God, and formed the Garden of Eden. Then he created mankind, Adam and his wife, and placed them in that garden where the presence and glory of God dwelt. Mankind was originally enveloped in the pure atmosphere of divine love, the glory of God, complete with all the attributes we use to describe love, God himself. In the beginning, Adam and his wife were the first human recipients of God's love on the earth. Because they were made in the image of God, they also shared a deep intrinsic need to love and be loved. To maintain their well-being required that they commune with God and fellowship with Him continually, receiving His love and reciprocating that love. They were the answer to the need of God, His heartbeat, to be able to love and to be loved in return. He was their total fulfillment, their reason for living and the source of their destiny. God blessed His first couple and gave them their assignment, their divine destiny. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Genesis 1, 26-28 Adam and Eve were to follow the command of God to be fruitful and multiply, to take dominion over the earth and subdue it. They were to extend the atmosphere of the garden throughout the whole earth, the glory and presence of God, and His divine order. In this way, Adam and Eve would establish the kingdom of love as they subdued the earth taking dominion over every living creature. That was God's intended purpose for mankind when he created them in his image. In that sense, the Garden of Eden was a prototype for God's kingdom that was to be established throughout the whole earth. Mankind's assignment was to extend the kingdom of love throughout the earth. A Heroine of Kingdom Love Corrie ten Boom is a familiar name to many who have studied the history of the Holocaust. She was born to a watchmaker in Amsterdam, the youngest of three sisters and one brother. They were raised in the Dutch Reformed Church. Corey was outgoing and strong-willed. She attended Bible school for two years. She is best known for her involvement in the Dutch underground. Her family hid refugees in their own home. In 1944, she was arrested along with her entire family. They were ultimately removed to the infamous Ravensbrück Prison in Germany. Corey was released in 1945, just days after her sister Betsy died. She allowed the love of God to fill her heart with forgiveness for her captors and began to live for many years as an itinerant preacher, sharing her story of God's love and grace in over 60 countries. Corey was a prolific writer, and in a little devotional called Each New Day, she explained the love of God with this simple analogy. Quote, we must mirror God's love in the midst of a world full of hatred. A mirror does not do much. It only hangs in the right direction and reflects light. We are mirrors of God's love, so we may show Jesus by our lives. 
He uses us to spread the gospel of the kingdom and to glorify Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit you turn our eyes in the right direction, looking unto you, that you can make us your mirrors. What an honor, what a joy. End quote. Adam and Eve were to establish the kingdom of love as they subdued the earth. From the biblical narrative, we understand that the earth was created to function according to the principles of divine love that rule the kingdom of heaven. Because God created the earth to be a reflection of heaven, he wanted mankind to extend the glory of his presence, his domain of love, beyond Eden. For mankind to fulfill their destiny, it would mean that they would bring the whole earth under the rule and principles of his divine kingdom. Earth would become a reflection of the heavenly order, filled with the bliss and harmony that all creatures enjoy in the glorious presence of God. In the Garden of Eden, mankind lived in the sublime reflection of the reality of heaven, communing with God and living life in a spiritual dimension that connected them to their eternal destiny. For example, through uninhibited relationship with his creator, Adam was empowered to name the animals and to take dominion of the earth. They talked with God, hearing his voice as he walked in the garden in the cool of the day, Genesis 3a, and learning his commands for their lives. They understood their assignment. They knew what they could and could not do in the garden. When God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, he was not simply referring to their giving birth to children to populate the earth, as some have taught. Procreation is a natural biological attribute inherent in all of God's creatures. God's original design was for them to spread out and cover the earth with his glory, his nature, in order to subdue it and establish on the earth the principles of the kingdom of heaven. God's larger purpose for creating the earth and mankind was to make the earth a temporal reflection of heaven filled with the glory of God. Adam and Eve were given the earth as their domain, their place to rule over the creatures, and to be lords on the earth as God is lord over all creation. As representatives of God, Adam and Eve were given dominion for the purpose of subduing, taking responsibility for the entire earth. In that sense, the earth became the kingdom of Adam and Eve. Mankind was to fill the earth with the glory of God, the principles of the kingdom of heaven, and all the attributes of divine love that rule in heaven. The assignment of Adam and his wife was to multiply in order to populate the earth with glory-filled, kingdom-principled men and women living in an atmosphere of heaven on earth. Eden was a place where the glory of heaven was expressed in the love of God for all his creation. Many things that make heaven to be heaven were present in the Garden of Eden. It was God's intention that mankind extend heaven's reign to the whole earth. In Eden, God established his kingdom on earth according to its divine principles and natural laws for life. There, God gave mankind their assignment, their destiny, to subdue the earth and establish God's loving, kingly domain on the earth. From the limited area of Eden, mankind was to fill the earth with that heavenly atmosphere, lifestyle, and divine character of God's love that they shared together as they communed face to face with Him in the garden. The Garden of Eden was a prototype for God's heavenly kingdom that was to be established throughout the whole earth. Mankind's original destiny was to extend God's glorious dominion of love throughout the earth. The Glory Lost 
Sadly, God's original intention for mankind seemed to have been thwarted by their wrong choices. This sovereign power of choice, free will, was absolutely necessary to the creation of mankind. God did not want puppets to love him. He desired for mankind to choose to reciprocate his love for them, for that is intrinsic to the nature of love. Love can never be required or forced. Love is always, by definition, a choice. Beguiled by the serpent into believing its lies, Eve chose to abandon her love for God, disregarding his command. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, 2-5 Eve ate of the tree, and Adam joined in her disobedience. When they chose to eat of the forbidden tree, disobeying the law of God, mankind forfeited their relationship with God. Filled with fear, their eyes were open to their nakedness, and they began the lonely journey of living unto themselves without the fellowship they had enjoyed with their Creator. They lost the glory of God and the heavenly atmosphere in which they had lived. And in a dreadful sense, like the serpent promised, they did become as gods, exercising their independent lordship to rule their own lives. It meant they had to fend for themselves without the supernatural infusion of divine love and light, the glory of God, for which they had been created and without which they could never know the fulfillment God intended. When mankind fell, they lost that glory of God. The Apostle Paul explains, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 This was the tragedy of their choice. They lost the presence of God in their lives when they disobeyed His command. Sin caused the glory of God to be shut out. Heaven left earth. Its royal kingdom was lost to all of mankind. All the misery of sin down through the ages can be traced to this terrible choice that cut Adam and Eve off from their spiritual life and divine destiny in God. This terrible independence from the principles and lifestyle of divine love distorted the perspective of mankind and opened the door to the destructive power of sin. Instead of living to subdue the earth in love as God purposed, men have tried to subdue each other by exercising lordship over people through selfishness, lust for power, greed, jealousy, wrath, hatred, murder, and all malignant forms of sin. These were introduced to the earth as a result of the choice to live independently from God's kingdom and purposes, apart from His glory, and, as they say, the rest is history. Christians who don't know the kingdom values cannot bring them to reign in this society. Today, even most people who attend church in America are not convinced of the absolute truth of the Bible. According to George Barna, only 9% of all born-again adults have a biblical worldview. That means that less than one out of every 10 Christians age 18 or older believes that absolute moral truth exists, that it is taught in the Bible, that the Bible is accurate in its teachings, and that all believers are responsible for sharing their faith in Christ with others. 
when anyone lives independently of the realities and principles of the kingdom of God, they too are naked, devoid of life in the spiritual dimension that brings heaven to earth. They are subjected to living a natural, soulish life under the dominion of their darkened mind, emotions, and will. They lose the benefit of the divine connection, the relationship of their spirit with God who is spirit. John 4.24 The scriptures compare this godless natural existence to living in darkness, devoid of the light of God that gives meaning and significance and eternal purpose to life. Matthew 4.16 In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were covered, spirit, soul, and body, by the glory of God. When they sinned, that glory of the kingdom of God was lost. It was the presence of God that made the Garden of Eden heaven on earth. That garden was not simply a geographical entity. Perhaps that is why no archaeologist has been able to discover it. After all, God created the whole earth. What made Eden different from the rest of the earth was the glory of God dwelling with man. Because of that divine presence, Eden became a physical representation of the kingdom of heaven, a prototype of heaven on earth. When the presence of God left, there was no longer a place for the glory of heaven on earth. Mankind was thrust out of the garden to keep them from eating of the tree of life and living forever in that terrible, godless condition. Genesis 3, 22-24 Adam was forced to till the ground to sustain life in their fallen state, and Eve was doomed to suffer in childbirth, the most natural aspect of their original assignment, to be fruitful and multiply. Laws of the Kingdom In spite of the fall of mankind, which resulted in a sin-filled atmosphere that covered the earth, God's governing principles, His laws, remained in effect for His creation. Since the earth was created to be a reflection of heaven, God had subjected it to certain natural laws that would allow it to function in an orderly fashion, as heaven functions. Of course, the earth is physical, unlike heaven, which exists in a spiritual realm. But without the precision of the Creator's natural laws inherent in creation, earth could not exist as it does. These natural laws are still being discovered and defined by scientists in the realm of physics, astronomy, biology, biochemistry, and other branches of scientific study. According to a leading scientist, we cannot fathom the precision required for life to exist as we know it. Quote, when scientists talk about the fine-tuning of the universe, they are generally referring to the extraordinary balance of the fundamental laws and parameters of physics and the initial conditions of the universe. Over the past 30 years, scientists have discovered that just about everything about the basic structure of the universe is balanced on a razor's edge for life to exist. The result is a universe that has just the right conditions to sustain life. The oxygen ratio is perfect. The temperature is suitable for habitation of all forms of life. The humidity is adequate. There's a system for replenishing the air. There are systems for producing food, generating energy, and disposing of waste. End quote. Apart from the natural laws, there are more superior spiritual laws inherent in human nature, which cannot be violated without destructive consequences. For example, the scriptures declare that God is love, 1 John 4.16. It also declares, as we have discussed, that we are made in the image of God, 
Genesis 1.26. For that reason, the deepest longing in every human heart from the moment of conception is to be loved and to express love in return. Unfortunately, without knowing God, it is impossible to understand and experience the reality of divine love for which we are created. So, human beings in every culture search desperately to discover and experience love in many ways, some of which prove to be destructive to the human soul. For life to function as it was originally intended to function by God, you must choose to adhere to the spiritual principles, the same laws that govern heaven. They are imprinted upon your DNA, recorded in the intricate pattern of every cell of your being. These inherent spiritual laws are awaiting your response to God in order to unlock their purpose and destiny for your life. Because you are made in God's image, you cannot know ultimate fulfillment unless you choose to live a lifestyle that reflects His image in every aspect of your life, spirit, soul, and body. The Apostle Paul referred to this reality when he prayed, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Only as you choose to be restored to relationship with God through intimate relationship with Christ as your Savior can you begin to know the fulfillment and happiness God ordained for you. The purpose for Jesus, the Son of God, coming to earth was to restore you to the kingdom of God. He clearly taught the restoration of mankind to his divine love. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. John 15, 9-12 Without a personal commitment to the Lordship of Christ and His Kingdom principles, you are vulnerable to every negative emotion and destructive mindset that results from sin. The destructive force of hatred catches many people, even born-again believers, with unforgiveness toward their family or others who they feel have offended them. They expend their emotional energy through venting these powerful negative emotions on a daily basis. Others are filled with worry and anxiety, fear of the future, fear of failing, and countless other fears. This failure to abide by God's law of love brings about a costly price to the offender. Medical science tells us more about how these negative emotions impact the human psyche and even your physical health. Dr. James P. Gills, renowned ophthalmologist and prolific Christian author, writes, Our worries produce uneasiness in us that cause us to be irritable and susceptible to panic attacks. We also can be depressed, negative, critical, judgmental, domineering, and controlling. Worry is a progressive disease that can ruin our lives and even kill us. Worry depletes us and has tangible effects on our health. It may even cause us to have hypertension. It sometimes destroys our ability to fight against diseases by decreasing our natural immunity. Charles Mayo, co-founder of the Mayo Clinic, pointed out how worry affects the body. It affects the circulatory system, the heart, the glands, and the nervous system, to name just a few. 
Mayo used to say that he never knew of anybody who died of overwork, but he did know people who died of worry, end quote. Your entire being was created to function according to the laws of the kingdom of God. Your brain, your circulatory system, your tissues, your heart, and all of your organs are formed in such a way that without your obedience to the principles of the kingdom, you cannot enjoy mental, spiritual, and physical health. Understanding the Kingdom Within You The Pharisees, religious leaders of Jesus' day, demanded that Jesus tell them when the kingdom of God would come. As usual, Jesus' response required a radical change of perspective. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17, 20-21 Even today, many Christians are too religious to understand what Jesus was saying. They think he meant that for those who receive Jesus into their heart to be born again and receive salvation, the kingdom of God has come to them. False. Not true. At the time Jesus declared that the kingdom of God is within you, the disciples had not yet received him as the Lord and Savior. Christ had not yet died and resurrected to become their Savior. And by the way, Jesus was not making that statement to the disciples. He was talking to the Pharisees. How could he say that the kingdom of God was within the Pharisees, when on other occasions he rebuked them for rejecting the kingdom and making it of no effect in their lives? Matthew 15, 6. Jesus understood that the principles of the kingdom of God are imprinted on the human spirit, and he knew that those laws were working either positively or negatively, in the lives of every person on earth. When he accosted the Pharisees for being hypocrites, Jesus rebuked them for violating the principles of the kingdom of God, rejecting the prophets and refusing to receive him as the Messiah. He accused them of living a pretense of external righteousness, declaring that they make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Matthew 23:25. Jesus specifically exposed their violation of the laws of the kingdom when he declared, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Matthew 23, 23, and 26. Because they had rejected the laws of the kingdom, judgment, mercy, and faith, Jesus called them serpents and a generation of vipers who could not escape the damnation of hell. Matthew 23, 33. Those are the consequences every person faces who refuses to embrace the truth of the kingdom of God and its principles. Kingdom laws cannot be broken. They do not change. They are inherent to the nature of mankind, but they can be violated, which brings negative consequences to the perpetrator. In essence, Jesus told the Pharisees to watch his works and his lifestyle, to contrast his obedience with their disobedience and disbelief in the laws of the kingdom. The laws are the same for everyone. The result of choosing to obey or disobey them is what determines the outcome of your life. 
It is a known fact that everyone has a conscience that often rebukes us when we do wrong until this conscience is silenced through an incessant disobedience. For example, you may declare that you are an atheist, a communist, or a believer in some other philosophy that denies the existence of God. That does not mean he does not exist. And if you determine to live in unforgiveness, believe it or not, you are violating the laws of love programmed into your psyche and your body, and you will suffer the consequences. Even Christians who choose to allow hatred and resentment to rule their lives will suffer the mental, emotional, and sometimes physical consequences of such negative emotions. It is the kingdom of God within you, the kingdom of love, that you are violating when you do not forgive or when you otherwise sin. You are born with the kingdom laws programmed into your being. You were made to function according to the principles and order of God's kingdom within you. You cannot deny these kingdom realities without paying the price that you will suffer as a consequence of your choices. King Solomon, the wisest man on earth, who lived hundreds of years before Jesus came, understood this spiritual reality. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Proverbs 3, 7 and 8. Why does everyone want to fall in love? Because the kingdom reality residing in your psyche and emotions yearn for love. God is love and you are made in his image. Even in a fallen state separated from God, your deepest need is to be loved and to love in return. And because God is the source of all love, your deepest longing is to find God, to be restored to his dominion so that you can live in his domain of peace and righteousness. Jesus was declaring to the Pharisees that no matter how they lived, they could not deny the reality of the kingdom of God because its laws are programmed within them. Kingdom Purpose for a Peaceful Society Consider with me what society would be like if it were established on the cardinal law of the kingdom, love. It would be a society where no one offends, no one steals, no one kills. Everyone would be living to love and help one another, promoting absolute harmony and preferring others in humility. No one would covet what another had and contentment would reign. Marriages would be bliss and children would honor their parents. Governments would live peacefully, and laws would promote the kingdom reality. There would be no need for police, jails, armies, or other defense measures. Every citizen would live in safety and mutual prosperity, would promote happiness for all citizens. Now, consider a society that determines not to recognize God and to promote values opposite to the kingdom of love. They determine to deny and, as a result, violate the laws of God's kingdom. Such a kingdom would be established on hatred, greed, covetousness, slander, and murderous intent to take what another has. What is the outcome? No one would sleep. There is no safety. Why? Because a place where everyone hates everyone else creates the fear that someone will try to steal from you or kill you. In such a society of absolute hate, even eating can become a danger because food could be poisoned in order to kill you. In a society of hate, no one will come out of their house for fear of the malevolent intentions of their neighbor. A society established on values contrary to the laws of God, of love, 
will result in chaos and destruction. Nothing on earth can function successfully outside the laws of the kingdom. So even the kingdoms of this world cannot function prosperously outside the kingdom of God. Life can only flourish according to the laws of the kingdom that God ordained and programmed into all of creation. The media give daily accounts of violent crime happening in every local community and across America. Stories of child and youth abductions are commonplace. School and church shootings take the lives of innocent victims at an alarming rate. Violent crime, which includes murder, non-negligent manslaughter, forcible rape, robbery, and aggravated assault occurred 1,408,337 times in America in 2007, according to the FBI statistics. This disrespect for life is a direct reflection of violating the laws of the kingdom of love. If a society is established on sexual freedom, where all kinds of impurity and wanton lust are permitted in the name of liberty, the result will be that people will not want to marry or give birth to children. In such a society, children will not be safe from the child molester. Youth will not escape the rapist. Incest will become the norm. Marriages will decline because partners will be free to sleep with anyone. Such a libertine society will self-destruct from disease, murderous jealousy, and worse. If you have a disagreement with your husband or wife and become angry, you can decide you will not love your spouse anymore. You can refuse to forgive. However, that choice means you violate a spiritual principle of love that is basic to maintaining your emotional, mental, and even physical health. As a result of opening the door of hatred, anger, and resentment, you will soon realize the misery of spirit, soul, and body that your refusal to love and forgive creates. Kingdom laws can be violated, but they cannot be broken. There will be consequences. Laws, by definition, do not change. Therefore, when you try to break a law, it will only result in you being broken. When Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another, he was not declaring a legalistic code of conduct. He was revealing the spiritual requirement already in place for your DNA to function in optimal health, according to the established principles of his kingdom. The laws of the kingdom of God are programmed within every person and must form the basis for all society if it does not want to perpetrate self-destruction upon its citizens. That is why, living in the midst of a communist society and a godless mindset, we have unashamedly proclaimed a life of holiness to the citizens of Ukraine. That is why we proclaim the demands of love and promote the principles of the kingdom, righteousness, mercy, forgiveness, honesty, and humility, in the face of corruption, greed, lawlessness, and ungodly governmental policies. We understand and have experienced the wholeness and satisfaction of purpose and destiny that comes when we submit to the eternal principles of the kingdom of God. And that is why our church is enjoying such success in seeing thousands come to Christ, be transformed, and extending the kingdom principles and lifestyle throughout our nation and beyond. The Ukrainian government is having to recognize the superiority of the lives of these citizens 
who have embraced the kingdom principles. Because of thousands of transformed lives, it is sponsoring many of our social programs that are impacting our society for good. When we declare our stand for righteousness without fear, regardless of the perception of others, we are not inferior to their mindsets. We are superior. We have discovered the life-giving principles of the kingdom of God that the world so desperately needs. If governments would promote these principles instead of attempting to control sinful behavior while promoting their own lust for power, they would establish a society that would become a reflection of heaven on earth. The more its citizens conform to the law of love, the less governing would be required. You are hardwired for the kingdom. Adam and Eve and every other person born since the beginning of creation have suffered the consequences of violating the laws of God. As I stated, disregarding the original intention of your Creator, who is love and in whose image you were made, will bring certain misery, unhappiness, and self-destruction to your life. The principles of the kingdom of God are sealed into your moral awareness. It is impossible for anyone to live independently of the kingdom of God and be truly happy. You cannot do it. Happiness is dependent upon choosing to function within the laws and principles of the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul declared, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14.17 According to Jesus, obedience to God in every aspect of life is the only pursuit that will bring the kingdom of God to earth and fill your life with righteousness, peace, and joy. When you are thinking positive thoughts, responding positively in personal relationships, and living in an attitude of thanksgiving to God, you achieve happiness and health for your spirit, soul, and body. The scriptures teach that God even created laughter as an expression of happiness and joy, which results in health. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Proverbs 17:22. Your Creator wired you to use the medicine of laughter to help maintain your health and happiness. Experiencing His peace and joy are necessary to your well-being. Conversely, as I mentioned, medical science has determined that anger, unforgiveness, resentment, envy, and other negative emotions that the scriptures refer to as sin are responsible for a plethora of medical conditions and diseases. For example, the Science Daily published an article titled, Anger, Negative Emotions May Trigger Stroke. And the American Family Physician Journal published studies that reveal that negative emotions increase coronary heart disease risk. These and many other medical findings support the scriptural verdict that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. God is not telling you not to sin because sin offends him or because it makes him feel bad when you sin. The reason God gave commandments not to sin is that He knows what will benefit you and what will destroy you. When you sin, violating the spiritual laws the Creator established for His kingdom, you self-destruct. Nothing functions normally apart from the principles of the kingdom of God. That is why Jesus taught that you must seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Matthew 6.33 Society has discovered spiritual principles. As humanity has developed during thousands of years, we have discovered, by trial and error, some of these divine principles that govern our behavior. 
In that regard, the human race developed a system of education to teach principles for healthy human relationships. We have seen how certain actions and attitudes elevate people to happiness, success, and peaceful relationships. And we also understand that when a man does evil, he will reap the results of his destructive behavior. Education is an attempt, on many levels, to discover these unwritten divine laws that govern the earth and to help us function within them for increased health and happiness. Mathematical laws and other laws of physics help us to live orderly lives within the natural limitations of the universe. All pursuit of knowledge is an attempt, consciously or unconsciously, to discover the established principles of the kingdom of God for his creation. Throughout history, mankind has realized that violating the laws of the universe, even in ignorance, brings devastating results to the planet, to society, and to individual lives. When Adam and Eve chose to disobey God's commands, they were doomed to live a life independent of their spiritual source, God himself. Their sin against God's law, which resulted in the fall of man, precluded the entire human race from righteous living. Their son, Cain, committed the first recorded murder out of envy for his brother, Abel. Genesis chapter 4. Since then, the history of mankind has become one of self-destruction that reaches to our present generation. Educational norms developed through the centuries have helped to inhibit this destructive behavior and regulate society. As believers, we do not have to grope through life hoping to avoid self-destruction by pursuing education alone. Though education can help us understand natural laws and, to some extent, even spiritual principles, it falls short of divine truth that will empower our spiritual lives. Remember, we were created in God's image, and God is spirit. God has given us His written word where He reveals the principles and laws of His spiritual kingdom. Without discovering and heeding his kingdom laws, we will ultimately engage in self-destructive behavior, regardless of the level of our education. Restoring God's Agenda In spite of the fall of man, God did not waver in his intention to reveal his love to mankind and to establish his glory throughout the earth. He simply implemented, year after year, generation after generation, the plan of redemption which culminated in sending his son, Jesus, to purchase our salvation through his death on the cross. It is clear from the scriptures that the Godhead had known all along this terrible sacrifice would be necessary. They refer to Christ as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, Revelation 13.8. Before mankind was created and before they fell from glory, God's plan was already initiated to redeem them and restore His glory, His kingdom, to the earth. Adam and Eve lost the glory of God, realized they were naked, and were expelled from the Garden of Eden. Hundreds of years later, the prophet would echo this eternal heartbeat of God, proclaiming the restoration of God's glory to the earth. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk 2.14 The original purpose of God for mankind and all of creation will be fulfilled. The glory of the Lord, the atmosphere of heaven, will be extended throughout the earth. That glory is what makes heaven unique. And it is that glory that is supposed to make the earth unique as well. 
Because it was lost when man fell, Jesus came to earth as the light of the world to restore the glory of the kingdom of heaven to the earth. I encourage you to pray this prayer with me for personal restoration of your life to the eternal purposes of God. Kingdom Prayer Heavenly Father, your eternal purpose for creation is awesome and wonderful to consider, and the ends you have gone to so that your kingdom could be restored to earth is beyond my comprehension. I want to be a part of the restoration of your kingdom to earth. I want to bring your will to earth. Please teach me to focus on your purpose, to discover my destiny, and to extend the principles of the kingdom in my promised land. Thank you for the direction you are going to give and for empowering me to fulfill the destiny you have ordained for my life. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Kingdom Principles from Chapter 1 Number 1. God had an agenda, a specific assignment for the earth and for mankind to fulfill. Number 2. Because God is love, He needed creatures into whom He could pour His love nature who would be able to reciprocate his love. Number three, God's larger purpose for creating the earth and mankind was to make the earth the reflection of heaven filled with the glory of God. Number four, sin caused the glory of God to be shut out. Heaven left earth, its royal kingdom was lost to all of mankind. Number five, the laws of the kingdom are inherent in human nature, written on your DNA. You are hardwired for the kingdom of love. Number six, kingdom laws cannot be broken. They do not change, but they can be violated, which brings negative consequences to the perpetrator. Number seven, the laws of the kingdom of God are programmed within every person and must form the basis for every society that does not want to perpetrate self-destruction upon its citizens. Number eight, Happiness is dependent upon choosing to function within the laws and principles of the kingdom of God. Number nine, medical science has determined that anger, unforgiveness, resentment, envy, and other negative emotions are responsible for a plethora of medical conditions and diseases. Number ten, before mankind was created, before they fell from glory, God's plan was initiated to redeem them fill them with his glory, and through them restore his glory, his kingdom, to the earth.